This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week's podcast is brought to you by BHP. Copper is a big deal in the energy transition because it's used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. When it comes to producing copper responsibly, it's happening now at BHP. Good morning, I'm Alex Tai. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Friday the 28th of July. In your Squiz today, more shootings in Sydney, a tragic turn in Tassie, some high-profile guests hit Brisbane, and no waltz for the Matildas. This is your Squiz Today. Another day, another shooting in Sydney's southwest. Yesterday, New South Wales Police established a special task force to deal with a series of brazen shootings over the past month. This week alone, five people have been shot in as many days. And that's why police have been accused of losing control of that part of Sydney. So Task Force Magnus is going to dig into the common link, they say, between these shootings. The latest spate started on the 27th of June after Sydney crime figure Alan Meradian was killed in a Bondi Junction car park. We talked about that at the time. Mm. Uh, he was the bloke who had a love of Versace and he was compared by his wife to the fictional mafia boss Tony Soprano. Authorities reckon the trouble stems from a drug trade turf war and there are links to major outlawed bikey gangs. And Claire, it's not just the last month that these shootings have been happening in Sydney. It's been escalating for a while, with 18 people killed over just the past two and a half years. And just for comparison with the gangland murders in Melbourne back in the late 90s and early noughties, 27 underworld figures were murdered at that time, and that had a lot to do with the illegal drug trade as well. But at this stage, New South Wales police are having a really hard time cracking it because they say they're getting a wall of silence from the victims who have come out of it alive. They aren't particularly chatty. Mm. But the pressure is ramping up on police to bring this to an end. Police Commissioner Karen Webb yesterday said that they are deploying 70 detectives and 30 extra cops to the case to, quote, end this brazen violence. Sticking with the crime theme, Claire, Tasmania police yesterday confirmed that they'd found human remains on a bush track 50 kilometres north of Launceston. And yesterday, a 36-year-old man was arrested in relation to the disappearance of 14-year-old local girl Cheyenne Lee Tatnell. She went missing three months ago. She's from Burnie and she had a falling out with her family and was living in youth accommodation in Launceston. The night that she went missing, she was walking to meet a friend, but she never arrived and police have been searching for her ever since. The man that they've arrested is from the area. Uh, he has been charged with Tartnell's murder and Commander Kate Chambers yesterday said that the developments are uh, a really significant step forward in that journey towards finding answers. And there are a lot of questions still to answer, including confirmation that the remains found are Cheyenne Lee. This has been a big story in the state, and yesterday Tassie Premier Jeremy Rockliffe said she was, quote, a young soul taken from us far, far too early. Claire, let's go three from three on the <laughs> law and order front. Let's keep it rolling. We haven't seen a lot of Tim Matheson since Julia Gillard was dumped by her party as Prime Minister in 2013. Since then, he and Julia have ended their relationship. 
and yesterday he agreed to plead guilty to one charge of sexual assault. Reports say that it's from an incident in March 2022. According to the court documents, he's admitted to sexually touching a woman by sucking her nipple without her consent. And yesterday his lawyer asked that he be assessed for a diversion, which would mean that there's no criminal conviction recorded. The prosecution are going to have a look at that now. He'll be back in court in late August. Matheson, who met Gillard when he was a hairdresser in Melbourne, has so far been our first and only first bloke. Okay, no more crime. Time for a gear shift, I reckon. Let's tackle the easy breezy world of high diplomacy. Yep, we're really going light today. So, (laughs) Osmin kicks off in Brisbane. They're so fancy, they're called a consultation. Uh, And it's an annual forum for Australia's and America's foreign and defence ministers to get together and talk about the serious things. Uh, No points for guessing that China's on the agenda. Mm. Uh, Anthony Blinken who's the US Secretary of State, is already ready in on that because he had a stop in Tonga on the way here. Uh, Neither Australia nor the US want any other Pacific nations doing security deals like the one that the Solomon Islands has recently inked with Beijing. We've talked about that deal quite a lot over the last year. And Claire, you and Kate are going to talk about the Solomons more tomorrow on Saturday Squiz. So have a listen out for that. Sure are. And something to look forward to out of these talks, we might also get some details on PM Anthony Albanese's trip to Washington later in the year. Yep, only if we're lucky. <laughs> Claire, our Matildas put up a good fight, but their chances of proceeding to the round of 16 are narrower after losing 3-2 to Nigeria in Brisbane last night. I'm sure you were watching as well. Yeah, sure was. It was thrilling and devastating at the same time. Mm. Um, The Super Falcons, as Nigeria are known, they're ranked 40th in the world and the Aussies really did miss their players like Sam Kerr and Mary Fowler last night. They're on the sidelines with injuries. But Mm. onwards and upwards, the Matildas now face Canada in Melbourne on Monday night. There's not long to wait for that. No, and from here, a win against Canada will get the Matildas a spot in the next round. A draw and some luck could also get us there. But if they lose against Canada, that is the World Cup done for us. Mm. So, yes, I am already looking forward to Monday. We have got this, Claire. Absolutely got it. Friday lights, what's cooking good looking? (laughs) Uh, More than five (laughs) years of doing this podcast and I've been waiting for someone to ask me that. But (laughs) (laughs) This weekend, um, cooking some roast pumpkin, it sounds really simple, but this is a bit jazzed up. It's got a yogurt sauce, it's got some pine nuts. Oh, nice. It's really good as a side. I'm going to put some meat on the barbie and have with that. Uh, it's very, very easy, but it makes you look very gourmet. <laughs> gourmet. Gourmet, absolutely. As always, I will pop a link into the show notes. And that's us for today. But Claire, you and Kate will be back with Saturday Squiz tomorrow. Yeah, as you mentioned, Solomon Islands and what's happening in the Pacific with those big moves uh, are something that we're going to cover. Of course, there's so much sport on at the moment, so we'll rip through that and a couple of really good recommendations to watch too. Perfect. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great Friday and we'll be back with you again on Monday.
Hello, it's Bryce here from Squiz Kids. Kids and fiscal policy go together like peaches and cream, which is why we're excited to present a special Squiz Kids Q&A this week with Federal Treasurer Jim Chalmers. It's the podcast where the kids of Australia get to ask the questions. Tune in to Squiz Kids today to find out how the notorious B.I.G. has helped shape next week's budget, why the Treasurer considers himself more of a three-pointer than a slam dunker, and why his toenails will be painted with glitter nail polish next Tuesday when he stands in Parliament to hand down the budget. Plus, there's a cheeky question in there about his leadership ambition. All part of our mission to engage kids in the wider news agenda. Check it out in the Squiz Kids podcast feed or via squizkids.com.au.